Welcome to the 84th episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today's guest is Poopster. Poopster is involved in several crypto and DAO projects. Before he got his start in the crypto space, he tried college, but it just wasn't for him. So he dropped out. He got his GED. And then he started working in the AC industry. He was in this industry for almost 20 years. It's a tough and brutal industry. He always enjoyed finance and wanted to eventually leave the AC industry. He had some health issues a couple of years ago, and then he decided to finally make the jump. He learned about crypto through online communities and forums. Listen to learn how Hoopster pivoted his career into one he enjoys. Visit nodegree.com to start your journey. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Every sub is appreciated. This show wouldn't be possible without you. Let's get this show started. Hey, welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. Today, I have on Poopster, who will give a brief introduction of himself. Most people call me Poopster now. Uh, my real name's Jeff, but uh, you know I live in kind of pseudonymous world uh, at this point. So everybody's kind of come to know me by the the nickname. And um, yeah, I work in the world of DeFi, which is uh, decentralized finance. Some people call it Web3 which is a kind of a growing infrastructure of, uh, you know, an alternative internet, right? I've been doing it for a few years now. I got involved in cryptocurrency back in 2018, and um, it's become my uh, occupation at this point. So you have a very interesting background. So let's take it back to high school. What did you want to be in high school, and how was high school like for you? High school was kind of a, a mess for me. I wasn't the most well-behaved kid, so um, yeah. I had a bunch of um, issues going through high school with, uh, you know, getting in trouble. And I actually ended up graduating quite late. So I didn't have a whole lot of direction in high school. And I, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just kind of um, doing whatever was in front of me, I guess. I didn't have any, any kind of um, ideas. I didn't put much thought into it, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, it happens to a lot of people in high school. So now you graduate. What do you end up doing? Like I said, I graduated a few years late. I ended up out in uh, Kerrville, Texas, which is kind of hill country. It's um, out in the middle of nowhere um, by San Antonio. And um, I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a whole lot of direction in high school. I, I kind of uh, I got out of graduated. I had a job as a, a cook at a local restaurant, just kind of making it, you know, paycheck to paycheck. Uh, I was partying a lot. You know, at this point, I was um, 19 years old, 20 years old, something like that. I think I just wanted to party for a while, and and, and I uh, saw everybody else that was kind of going off to college. So I figured I would give it a shot, and um, I ended up getting through a couple semesters before I decided it, it just wasn't for me. I I had um, I was always very kind of mathematically minded, so I was looking at. Um, Accounting is a major, and, and it turned out to be very dry, <laughs> and it, it just wasn't, it really wasn't for me. So yeah, at that point, I just kind of said, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. From that point on, you know, I, I quit going to class and found a job. Just uh, really, I came back home here to Houston and started working for a small family business and kind of took on a trade at that point. And uh, I became a uh, metal worker. It was an easy decision for me because, you know, it was, it was kind of like it was a family business and I got a lot of leeway and I could kind of do what I wanted to do. But 
you know, I still really wasn't kind of going anywhere, really doing anything with my life. But I did, like I said, I did pick up a trade, which was valuable to me for the next, I don't know, 20 years or so. So, so what was this trade that you picked up? I worked in the air conditioning and, and heating industry for quite some time, um, designing like duct work, a lot of sheet metal work, a lot of ventilation, things like that for, you know, big buildings and residential housing. Yeah. So it's, it's basically sheet metal work for the air conditioning and ventilation industry. So how was it like, how was that industry? How was it like the first few years? Well, so living in Houston, you know, I mean, it's like the air conditioning capital of the world. So there's always work. And I found it interesting at first because the fact that I had to go in and kind of teach myself, there wasn't anybody that was kind of working at the business who was, who was doing it. So, you know, it's not something that it's not a trade where you're going to see something new every day. And it was just kind of the same old, same old, you know, and like I said, it was something I was good at, but it's not really super gratifying or enjoyable. But, it, you know, I could get by doing it. You mentioned there was math involved. What kind of math was involved? Well, it's just a lot of measurements and, and numbers, you know. So, like, eventually I, I got to a point where I was, um, you know, working in the office as far as, like, drafting and things like that. So, yeah, like, actually designing these duct systems and drawing them out, like, a little bit of, um, I found it intriguing for a while, but it wasn't exactly the kind of math that I enjoyed. I enjoyed being able to use math to turn a profit. So um, that's always been some, I've always been like a gambler and, and, and I've always been intrigued by stock market and things like that. So this is the HVAC industry. What'd you do to get ahead? That's the thing. I wasn't really interested, I don't think, in getting ahead. So I kind of just, like I said, I spent the next 20 years just kind of, just kind of making it, you know? I did well enough to get by, but like I said, it wasn't something I really enjoyed doing and I was never going to become rich doing it for sure. Did you make any mistakes along the way? Looking back now, I wish I would have had some more motivation to kind of, you know, I wasn't financially prepared. I never really had any, um, anything worth any, any value. I never really saved any money. I wish I would have done more to kind of prepare for the future. I think that was probably one of my biggest mistakes is just thinking that, you know, things would always be okay, you know, and then pandemic happened, you know, all this crazy stuff that we may not be prepared for, you know, and it's a lot easier to be prepared if you're okay financially, right? I think that was one of the biggest things that I was worried about. So what advice would you have for someone who's in the HVAC industry? Like, you know, what could they do if they were serious about the career to really make money in it? Well, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of money to be had in the industry. I think a lot of it's just being willing to learn, you know, like having seen all these people come through and, and, and work, you know, in all these different positions, it's really interesting to see that a lot of them, they come in out of, you know, like a trade school. The issue is, is, is you know, they're getting taught some things that may not be useful in the industry. So a lot of these, a lot of people come out of trade school thinking they know a lot of things they should know, but I think it's easier to take somebody who doesn't know anything and teach them from scratch rather than having, you know, somebody. So like, I think that's the biggest thing is experience, right? So it, in all my time in working, it's like nothing replaces experience. And I think attitude is a big thing because 
you can't come in as a know-it-all. You have to come in and it's like, okay, I know a little, I'm familiar, but I have to learn from the people who've been doing this and who know the actual work. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Like you get a lot of these guys that do, they think they know everything. And, and it, like, that's one thing I've always tried to, to remain is, is uh, I was taught a while back just to remain teachable and try to remain humble. Right. I always try to think, you know, if I go into a situation with an open mind, like, look, I don't know anything about any of this. I'm, you know, open to learn it. What was the hardest thing about that industry? For me, anyway, it was that there just wasn't like a whole lot of room for growth there, right? I was never really able to kind of get ahead. And and, and once again, that kind of reflects back on me as well as and the lack of goals that I had. But for me, it wasn't really a whole lot of, there wasn't a big future. And it's like, you know, you can own your own business or you can work for somebody else. And everybody wants to own their own business until they own their own business, you know, and um <laughs> and then they open a whole nother can of worms, but it's kind of like a damned if you do, you damned if you don't. It's a good industry to work in here, you know, if if you like money, but you know, then again, you got to deal with customers and it's just, it wasn't for me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Like a lot of people, yeah, I want to have my own business. And it's like, now you're the CFO, you're the CEO, you're the marketing guy, you're the sales guy. And, it's, <laughs> right. it, and that's a whole other can of worms, right? That you get so busy in some other aspect. And sometimes you may not like that aspect. What about the physical parts of the job? How is that? It can be really demanding depending on where you're working. Fortunately for me, I wasn't out in, you know, out in the field a lot of the time. You know, For some of the install crews and things like that, it, it, it's, um, if you're working in residential, it's uh, quite demanding. But other than that, you know, like I said, I, I tried to get out of the shop as much as I could. So you can get old quick in the industry. You don't see a lot of old men in the industry, right? Yeah, you get to your 40s and your 50s and you're, you're worn out at that point. Yeah. So would you say like a lot of back issues, those kind of things to be mindful of? Yeah, exactly. Stuff like that. Especially for the guys that are out in the heat all the time. It just, um, you get old quick, you know, and like I said, I've seen like a lot of people in the industry who that kind of happens to, you know, like I said, fortunately for me, I was in the shop or in, in the office most of the time, but yeah, so I didn't have to endure a lot of that, but that's, that's part of the, the job here. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's good to know. So now, you know, you were always interested in this other stuff and you stayed in the industry 20 years. What was the time where it was like, look, I got to make this jump, right? I've been thinking about this. When did you actually make the jump and like what caused you to kind of do it? It really kind of happened just because I was forced to do it. Like in um, 2018, I had uh, come down with a, a form of uh, leukemia. You know, I had to go through like a, a chemotherapy and then I had to have a, um, a stem cell transplant. Okay. It used to be, I had to go through like six months of chemotherapy. Anyway, I was out of work for about a year, I think at that point after going through all the therapies and then everything done. And by the time I was able to go back to work, I had a really kind of depleted immune system. It had to completely be replaced. And after all the therapy, I had to, you know, I still had to stay home and, you know, I was going to the hospital every other day. And, but it got to a point where I was ready, getting ready to go back to work and then COVID hit. And at that point, uh, my doctor said, yeah, you can't go outside. You can't go back to work. So then I was really kind of in a jam because uh, at that point, you know, I had all these medical bills and I had already been out of work for a year. You know, kind of during the year I was out of work, I had started to 
I guess, like uh, learn more about cryptocurrencies. And, you know, I'd started investing in like Bitcoin and Ethereum and stuff like that. And just kind of dollar cost averaging, you know, saving a little bit here and there. So that's what I'd started to do during that time frame. And then, you know, like when COVID hit, you know, I knew I was in, at least it seemed like it was going to be quite a while before I was able to go back to work or anywhere in public anyway. So I dedicated a lot of that time as well to kind of getting more involved and learning more about, you know, decentralized finance and getting involved with some of the projects. And I didn't really have much choice at that point of what I could do. You know, I didn't have any options. You know, it was going to have to be some kind of work from home deal or what, you know, I cashed out my 401k. They, um, I forgot what it was. They, it was tax free because of COVID. So, I was, yeah. so I, I said, well, yeah, I'm just go all, you know, I'm going to cash this out. I, I think I had about, it wasn't a lot. It must have been $30,000. Smart move. I cashed out my 401k. But this was well before Bitcoin stuff. Um, but actually, no, it was 2018. Around the same time, I cashed it out um, just to pay off some bills. I wish I, I wish I put it all in Bitcoin, but it went to other things. You know, actually, most all of it did. But yeah, I had to pay off a few bills. And besides that, I, I just threw it all into um, Ethereum and, and started learning everything I could about the ecosystem and all the, the applications being built. And I had nothing to lose at that point, really, you know. Okay, no, I mean, dude, smart move. That was such a good time and stuff. So now, how'd you actually get a job? So, well, before I ask you how you get a job, how did you learn about these things? Like, where'd you go? What were your sources? That's a good question. I'd been talking to some friends that, you know, that I just met online. So, so you know, just kind of a, um, the way this works is most of these applications, most of these projects they do most of their communicating through like Discord or Telegram group, chat groups. So I had some friends that I was chatting with on Discord who were part of kind of like a finance group, right? And, um, you know, we had just used it to talk to about crypto and, and uh, you know, there was maybe 10 or 15 of us and it started out small. And at this point in time, DeFi hadn't really become a thing. You know, this was, like I said, 2018. It was... It was just it was infancy. It was, it was very infancy. Yeah, it, it really was. And and so there was like a couple different projects where you could swap tokens on like Uniswap and, and stuff. Like that. There was very few applications, but for those of us who wanted to learn, yeah, I mean, we all kind of got together on Discord and, and helped each other out. And, you know, Twitter was a great resource for me. So that's where most of that came from. It's just... Uh, you know, and then as all these different projects launched, I'd jump into their Discord servers, you know, and, and just kind of learn as much about the project as I could, you know. That's what consumed like 90% of my time was just really doing research on a lot of these different projects. And then the ones that I found interesting, you know, I would invest in or I, I would get very active in their communities and, and you know, take an active role in, in helping um, others or, or helping promote the project or whatever it was, you know. But once again, this was still very, very early and there were only a few applications that had launched. So it, it wasn't like there was all these, you know, all the stuff you see now with all the dog coins. It wasn't a thing back then, you know. It's still well, I mean, very, Dolly very early. Has been around for a while, but it wasn't as <laughs> it wasn't as like now. They're like 
copies of Doggy Coin, right? So that uh, Doge or whatever. I don't even know. I don't even know what the true name is. But yeah, no, it, it's definitely like so much bigger, and there's so many different use cases. They pop up every single day. A lot of scams too. You know, a lot of people. So just be mindful of what you invest in, and don't invest more than you can afford to lose. That's all I can say. That advice will work in a lot of industries, and just be careful because there are like dedicated groups that kind of pump and dump these things. So make sure you invest in serious projects with people who are working on serious things and, you know, it has a use case and all that. Now you're in a new industry. So how is it different from the other industry? Like you mentioned, you're never really motivated about the AC, but you know, people need a job to live. Now it seems you're motivated. How is it different for you in terms of how you work at it, how you approach it? It's really strange because I I still wake up every day and and can't figure out how it is that I, I get paid to do this because it's absolutely something that I just loved. You know, I was doing it for free and um, now it's become a, a job for me, but it amazes me that I get paid to do this. So I don't know, you know, I I, I kind of jumped into this thing just looking to help people, right? And, and being early to all these different projects, I knew a lot about what was going on in the industry as a whole, right? I think a lot of it was just um, opportunity and I was in the right place at the right time. You know, there wasn't a lot of people doing what we were doing. Yeah, no, I mean, that's always a good thing, right? Get early in the industry. So how did the job happen? Like just for group and one day, what what happened? Like, they're like, hey, we need someone to do this. For me, when I kind of joined this whole DeFi community, it's, um, you know, I felt like uh, this was kind of like my family, right? So it's it's a really tight knit, kind of group and there's a lot of people that just want to help other people right and help onboard other people and and, um, help them learn yeah the sense of community is like so strong in these groups like you there are people who you you literally never met but you need something they're just there for you it really is and actually i have met like a lot of my co-workers now which is really kind of cool because, um, you know, I never thought that I would actually get to meet a lot of these people. But, um, you know, traveling around to some of the Ethereum conferences, I've had the opportunity to meet quite a few of my coworkers. So, you know, like you said, a lot of it was just helping out. And, and you know, after helping out for a week or two, a lot of times you'll get offered a position. And being early, like I said, there wasn't a lot of people who kind of... Um, could help out with a lot of these projects. So it became kind of a need for a lot of these projects to have um, different community members that could, you know, provide support and things like that. So yeah, I started out as just like a moderator for a chat group and that eventually grew to them offering, you know, for me to be the community manager. And that's now led to business development. So I've been doing it for a little over a year now. And um, yeah, there's tons of opportunities available. So like anybody basically can come in and, and find work. And it's really amazing. I don't have a technical background. I don't have a, a, a real financial background, but I was able to come in and really do well here in this industry. And just because I was knowledgeable about kind of what was being built and, and I knew a little bit about what was going on. Yeah, no, I mean, that's such a cool way. I like it because you just got involved and you were passionate. This is something that you did for free and it just led to a lot of good things, right? That's one of the things I just love about like new industries. Like you just fall into things and it's like such an interesting road. Now, how has the industry changed over time, right? Because this is such a fast moving industry. I think even, you know, when you started and to see where it is now, it's always like, wow, 
there's so much more development that's going to happen. And even five years from now. So how has the industry changed over time since you've been in it? You know, it's grown immensely. I mean, it just the market cap alone, which was, you know, under, I guess, 500 billion, you know, it's grown 20x over the last year. And every morning, you know, it's I'm overwhelmed because of the fact that I have to figure out what happened last night and which projects launched. And yet it really is. It's 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 impossible to keep up with everything that's going on. So it's um, it, it really is fast paced. So, yeah, like you got tons of projects launching every day. There's an NFT project or a new a new game launching. And, and um, I think filtering out what are the decent projects from what are the scams or the trash or whatever it is, is um, a big part of it. But uh, yeah, that's where I, I tell people I work sometimes 12 to 16 hours a day and I'm still way behind <laughs> and I work in the industry, you know, I can't keep up. No, trust me. I know other people in the industry and it's like each thing is its own. It's just so hard to follow and this and that. So what is your biggest accomplishment? I think that just the fact that just some, basically some nobody like me can come in and start working and, and actually earn a living here. I get paid a paycheck just like everybody else and anybody can come in and do this. And we, we need a lot of help. So there's actually tons of positions available. And yeah, it, we're, we're starting to see that, you know, a lot of people are transitioning to working remotely. And um, this is like just one of the opportunities to do that as well. We're going to see a lot of decentralized autonomous organizations, DAOs. I don't know. I think that we're going to see a lot of DAOs that are going to be replacing a lot of like real world organizations. Yeah. I'm excited for a feature of DAOs. And so for all of you who don't know, what is a decentralized autonomous organization? Yeah, it's just a self self-governed organization and the cool thing about like web3 is it allows everybody to come together to govern these organizations from all over the world. Um part of several different DAOs, you know, building different uh products. You know, we've got members in in Africa and Asia. We're all part of this big community and we're all able to come together and govern these different organizations from all over and that's the cool part that's why well, i said it allows anybody to kind of work remotely from anywhere all you gotta have is a computer and, and an internet connection yeah no that's the that's the beauty of it so what would you say you're most proud of like looking back like over your career i think at this point we just launched uh well, in the process of launching two different DAOs right now. And, and um, I've had the opportunity through UMA protocol to um, be a part of that. What happened was UMA uh, or Risk Labs, they offered us a million dollars, excuse me, a million UMA tokens to seed our treasury. So basically they just seeded the community DAO and we just launched last week. We're going to become like a self-running organization at this point, right? So it's it's basically just a community of, um, it, it started out with like 10 of us and um, it's grown to be, I think there's probably over a hundred of us at this point. And this has just been over the last nine months. So um, yeah, it's been dude, really I'm excited. Of- <laughs> just don't forget about me when you become like this 10,000 person organization oh, and stuff. Man. Yeah. 
now looking back, right, over your career, what would you say was the hardest period of time you ever went through? Well, you know, like like we just discussed a few minutes ago, I think that the most difficult time for me was having to be out of work all that time and not knowing kind of what was going to happen. I'd never really been out of work longer than a week, I don't think, at that point. So not having anything stable to kind of um, rely on was really scary. How do you bounce back from something like that? I think a lot of it was just kind of like my attitude about it. I didn't have anything limiting me at that point. You know, like I said, I was at a point where, you know, I had $30,000 left to my name and what do you got to lose at that point, right? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a great attitude because that's a very scary time. You don't know if you're going to make it. And if you make it, what do you do afterwards? So no, thank you for kind of sharing that experience with me. Now, have you ever felt insecure about not having a degree? You know, I don't know. It's possible. Like off the top of my head, I can't think of a time when I was. But when you asked that, automatically my mind went to, like I said earlier, for me, like experience is everything. Like that's where I, how I got to where I'm at today, you know, within the DeFi industries from experience, right? I think that I value experience way more than, you know, a degree or something of that nature, just because of the fact that, you know, it's like I talked about earlier, I would have, you know, working in the AC industry, I'd much rather have somebody who just, you know, come in fresh, not knowing anything, and you can teach them from scratch. I feel like experience is much more valuable than than anything else. I can't think of any time that it's actually kind of been anything that ever really that I ever really valued, to be honest. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Now, what's the typical salary range for someone in the AC industry? And then, you know, let's go over to the DeFi industry. The one an opportunity to make much more than fifty or, or sixty thousand dollars a year, I think, for what I was doing at some point, maybe a little bit more than that. Unless I, you know, kind of wanted to own my own business, I was going to top out at probably a hundred thousand. If I'd have kept doing what I was doing, I guess I could have made that much. What about like DeFi? So now DeFi is like all over the place, right? I've seen some like you're a Solidity developer, you're a blockchain developer. You can make some serious money because there are very few people who are even qualified for that stuff. There's tons of opportunity if if you know how to code in Solidity or in Web3 or even like front-end stuff. You know, there's a lot of opportunity for UX and UI designers as well. Like I was saying earlier, there's so much, um, like anybody who's working in in any kind of tech or even Web2, it's hard to kind of define the range. But like you said, a lot of my friends don't make less than, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year doing front-end development. Wow. No, I mean, that's good to know. And I think the industry is a lot more generous because when I worked in traditional finance, there were some people like your boss would make three, four times what you make. And then despite sometimes not knowing a lot more, right? And then, you know, there's very hierarchy. Whereas I feel like in this industry, the hierarchy isn't there. Like people are just cool. They're pretty helpful. If you do good, you get the raises and you get rewarded for it. Yeah. It's a meritocracy. And um, so, yeah, like you put the work in, you're going to get, you're going to be the one that gets paid, you know, and, and that's kind of how it works. And that's what's so beautiful about it is, is that anybody can come in and do it. And, and it doesn't matter who you are. You know what I mean? Anybody is. Uh, doesn't well, matter your background. Nope. Doesn't matter anything. It's just, it's your passion that, yeah. you know, that they respect and they'll, doesn't matter. Oh, I was this Wall Street guy. It's like, okay, well, who are you now? You don't have to put a resume in or anything. It's it's a it's a whole different world here. So yeah, I've seen like you know you see people get jobs on Twitter every day. So 
Twitter's a place. So <laughs> yeah. I got to follow you on Twitter and stuff. I started being active on Twitter, but yeah, I'd recommend people like, you know, you just spend some time on Twitter and, you know, avoid like the fun stuff, you know, focus on the certain areas, but there's so much good knowledge, man. So much good knowledge. You know, avoid the meme areas because you'll get sucked in and <laughs> you won't really learn much. You'll laugh a lot. You got it 100%. That's, uh, stay away from that and, and uh, just pay attention to the teams and the, and the projects and um, you'll be just fine. The developers, yeah. Yeah. So what are your future goals? My goal for the next year is, is just to kind of grow this organization and, and, and kind of see it through to uh, a profitable organization. I'm excited, man. Future's bright for the industry. Future's bright for you. Now, final thing. Is there something that you want to talk about that I haven't asked you about already? Just want to highlight how easy it is for anybody to get involved in. And like, I'd encourage anyone to reach out to me if, if they do have any interest in, in getting involved in DAOs or, or Web3 or, or just want to know more about crypto, you know? Yeah. No, I mean, thank you so much for that. How would people get in contact with you? What's the best way? I'm on Twitter. It's uh, at 0xpoopster. My DMs are open. Anybody's uh, welcome to reach out. Like I said, most of the time we communicating on Discord, but um, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter. I'll happily respond. Okay. I just followed you on Twitter. So I'll be you know, liking and commenting on your stuff. So I always appreciate that. Thank you so much for your time. This was such a cool episode. It's always cool to see just people make crazy pivots and just bounce back from you know crazy things that go on in your life. So we'll definitely stay in contact. I know the audience got a lot of value. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast, on Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J O N A E D, last name I Q B A L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, no degree.com. Yeah, so you got no degree, no problem, no problem, any problem, we can solve them, LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving, growing and knowing, wisdom is flowing, if you didn't know, now you know where I'm going, if you didn't know, now you know, let's sing that again everybody, no degree, no problem, any problem, we can solve them, Insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. No degree, no problem. Any problem, we can solve them. LinkedIn insomnia keeps us evolving. We're growing in the knowing, the wisdom is flowing. If you didn't know, now you know where I'm going. Yeah.